Hey, Jim. Hey, Pat. I want to welcome you to another episode of All Over the Place. It is early for yelling, but I'm with you. It's a coffee episode. I'm sorry, man. I'm feeling good. This Getting this jolt. The Joe jolt. Yeah. And so invigorated after the weekend, seeing our country coming together. (laughs) Wow. I know we talk about Ken Burns on here and... You know, he did that documentary on baseball, and it was cool. Then baseball had changed so much after the steroids and the, the big ball era, the big strike. Right. And of course, he had to update the baseball documentary that had been nine episodes. I did not think he was going to have to update Civil War. <laughs> I think he might. That seems imminent. Ken, get your bangs ready. No, honestly. I saw Jim Gaffigan all over Twitter this weekend, and I love Jim Gaffigan. I'm sure most people listening to this podcast love Jim Gaffigan. Maybe a few less than before, but yeah, I think most people love Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) Do you think really people abandon someone's comedy if they don't agree with them politically, if they don't want to hear? I mean, everyone has. Let's find out. Everyone has political thoughts. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know? Absolutely. does it make you not a citizen with beliefs? Right. I mean, how any of us could get into politics at any time, right? I do love when people tell comedians, like, stick to comedy. It's like, oh, so you're not familiar with comedy. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They've and then the politician talks and they're like, you've been a politician your whole life. <laughs> Say, okay, you don't want to hear anyone. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I hear you. I think we all like I mean, but in our silos. <laughs> when did you ever think, when did anyone ever think Jim Gaffigan would be extreme? I mean, if Jim Gaffigan is turning off half of the country. Half of the country needs a question. How is that happening? That this dude from Indiana, just a married guy with kids raising a family, is an extremist. Yeah, no shit. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're at this place. I agree. I do agree with Jim Gaffigan. And I want to say, I mean, I'm not an extremist. Anyone would know that. But if it's getting to that point, I mean, there is something going on in this country that I've never felt before, seen before. And I'm a aware guy, I think. I pay attention. I try and keep a, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world at, but I like to keep up with current events and I like the presidential stuff. Anyone who listens to this? No, I, I love the history. That's a big fan of history. Um, but the divisiveness, I mean, who can argue with that? Just the division. And I think people feel that. And there's one, I don't, I'm not saying Joe Biden is like the, the best candidate, the, you know, but I think he wants to kind of steer the ship in a different direction because the path we're going on right now doesn't seem endless. You know, they're trying to like say that this is what America will be like under Biden. I don't believe that at all. I think that somebody is fanning the flames and uh, stoking this division. It's really odd. It's a, it's a weird feeling I have when I'm uh, talking to friends, when I'm around people, it's, it's not like anything before and I just don't see that um, more of it would would help us. I think it's hard to call this 
Biden's America. Like the narrative has tried to be spun when he's not the guy in charge. And when he was the second in command, America didn't look like this. Right. It's an easy narrative. Um, but I yeah, think the radical know, left, the rat radical, he was, there, he was just there for eight years. And the, the left is like, this guy's not, you know, this guy's not liberal enough. Well, that's what I like about him. I like, right. we need someone moderate, moderate. Ever hear of that? <laughs> People remember that word, right? Middle, <laughs> middle of the road. <laughs> It's uh, it's an interesting time, and I just hope people think critically. And you know, uh, and we're we're hearing more people than ever speak up because, you know, whatever your belief system is as far as left, right, center, shit like that. I mean, we're at a really divisive time, and uh, I think we really need to be aware of what we're doing in November. He's not going to come in and be like a socialist. That's what they're trying to say. He's like a Trojan horse for this rat, like radical left. Like I'm not buying that. I don't see any proof of that. He's not going to defund police. He's not going to. That proof is the key word that you keep looking for. That <laughs> truth went out the window. Care about yeah. But anyway, it's uh, I only talk about it because it's so apparently obvious that our country is splintered and it's bums me out i have children people listening to this they have kids i mean there's other issues too that they don't need to talk about i mean mm-hmm. climate change is a big deal to me i think that that's the future you know that issue is going to grow absolutely so we uh, anyway we we continue here we could talk about something else jimmy we could talk about School's coming up. Going back to school. Want, want me to bash the Catholics now? What do you want? I'm not asking for anything. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> not asking for anything. No, I'm, I'm kidding. kidding. <laughs> Our kids are going back, and I'm a little bit um, skeptical how long it'll, it'll last. But, uh, you know, it'll be good for them. They're excited. And the, the school has an unbelievable plan. Yeah. And uh, they're making us feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. Obviously not an issue that I have to get into. Um, I don't visit my children. And so I don't really know much about their schooling. No, I don't have kids. But um, I've talked to a lot of friends with kids recently. And uh, I think what you just said is a huge key because, you know, everyone from young kids to people with kids in college, like they're all faced with this decision right now. And like the way the school has reacted and the way the school informs them really shapes a lot of how they feel going into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, we can't just stop everything. I understand that, too. And it feels much better with a school that gives a shit and has a plan in place. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's just a di- – I feel bad for kids. Going yeah. back to school is like a great time. Of, you know, it's a feeling of – I love that time of year, you know? And the kids do, too. They find out who their teacher is. They find out who's in their class. They're in a new grade. They get they got their supplies. Like, And my kids are excited. So that's what is actually kind of – making me feel excited about it sure just to see them they're really happy going through their box of supplies and everything they got you know the school wanted like four notebooks three pencils ten thousand rolls of paper towel (laughs) (laughs) they're they're asking for clorox wipes like and they even put on this they even put on the we realize there's a national shortage yeah no shit (laughs) that's what you're asking for them we want some too. I have a list of supplies that I've been 
No, the um, I'm excited for them to to go back and we'll see where where it goes. When I was a kid, I remember like cutting up the grocery bags to make book covers. Are they doing that for masks now? <laughs> yes. Cut up the paper bag. Remember that they used to have like outlines on the grocery bags of like how to turn this into a book jacket. Yeah, I would. Um, we would do that. We'd use the, the the craft paper bags, the shopping bag. I like. How, did you say grocery? I did say grocery. Oh wow! Yeah. Am I, like am I saying it incorrectly? <laughs> I say grosh. Grocery. Grocery. You know, I'm probably saying it wrong. Grocery. grocery. Oh yeah. Maybe I, maybe I just missed the sh all these years. No, I think. Were you educated on the coast? <laughs> did you? Were you boarded in Connecticut? Where did you learn to say grocery? <laughs> Mother. <laughs> Mother, can you have the grocery man come and drop off some milk? I don't know why I was British and part of that. It's a bad time to be going back to school, though. I just feel like, you know, it's just different. Like, imagine that movie, Back to School with Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. If he was going back now, he would be <laughs> very high risk. <laughs> no triple Lundies. <laughs> they just have a mask. Like, what would you think of, uh, what was his name? Thornton. Thornton Mellon. Thornton Mellon. What was Thornton Mellon like? Uh, we didn't really know him. He was... <laughs> He was uh, older. OB. He was high risk. He didn't come in. And we did see him. He seemed nice. Mm-hmm. We only see him from the eyes up. I mean, we didn't really know his <laughs> facial expressions at all. <laughs> Just eyes up, though, you'd be like, that's Dangerfield. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that dude would still get treated with no respect. Were you Rodney Dangerfield then? I love it. Yeah. He's a guy who made it okay to do self-deprecating comedy without people feeling bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I love that. Like, I think it's a fun thing. Like, it, it's not like an awe thing. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's just like, right, right. I don't know. It, it's different. It's empowering. And I love that about him. And dude, that dude's one-liners are second to none. Um, I still love him. Yeah. Someone I, I brought up a lot recently, but Vince Carone sent me some clips of him dealing with hecklers. And oh, yeah? uh, Dangerfield was a beast when it came Who to would heckle him. That's the thing, man. I think we're coming up, though. Yeah. And just, you know, drunks who want to, you know, they're at a club. You're seeing Rodney. You want to make a name for yourself. Right. In front of your buddies. uh, I think he hosted a lot of shows, too. He did. And he had that young comedian special he did every year. That was the other thing I loved about Rodney is he consistently put people on. You know, Always. Uh, The Brad Garretts of the world, a guy we both work for. Um, The Larry Reeb. I was going to say, when I think of Rodney, I think Uncle Larry. First Larry was, uh, well, Larry will come out and tell you that he was, that was his favorite and he yeah. was, uh, influenced by him and just loved him and won that contest and got to go out to Vegas, did that taping. Is that how he got HBO. it? Yeah. Rodney found him. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And Rodney did that with a lot of people. And I mean, if you ever go back, you want to see, you know, how people look at 25 years old and people you see on TV every day, just look up the lineups of these Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedian specials because it wasn't just guys like Uncle Lair from Chicago, who, if you don't right. know, you should. He's amazing. But Tim Allen, you know, uh, uh, who's That's the, what's funny, too, about being in, court. Uh, Harry, Harry Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. That's what's funny, too, about being in comedy for, you know, a, long, a certain amount of time. Like, if you're, in, if you're a comic for... 10 years the people that you can be connected to through it's amazing the guys you meet who worked with that 
guy or girl or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a, such a community. Like if you, you know, like a six degrees game, it's kind of like everybody knows everybody, but to, Absolutely. to, to think that Larry who we love and yeah. spend a lot of time with legend, uncle Larry knows Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, that's, that's yeah. always kind of blow my mind. Well, that's one stuff. step from Kevin Bacon. Yes. It was the whole game based off of this theory. Like it's, but yeah, it's really cool. And, and, and to know what he did for his career and, you know, help propel him into the spotlight um, and for no gain. I mean, that was the thing about what Rodney did. He, you know, he didn't have to do that. He was already big. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. What else was he in? Back to school was a big one. I know, I know he's in this movie that I never even saw ladybug that soccer game. Oh yeah. Obviously Caddyshack for sure, man. I love that movie. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth right here. You never saw Caddyshack? And, and once it got to a certain point, hang on, because you're correct. I've never seen Caddyshack all the way through, but once it got into, it got to a certain point, it kind of became like a badge of honor that I could still oh, talk really? to people about Caddyshack without ever seeing it. You know what I mean? Night putting with oh, the Dean's daughter, and the gopher and all that. Like I know enough about it because everyone talks about it. So it kind of became one of those things where it's kind of fun to get through a conversation about Caddyshack and then walk away and be like, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> That's good, man. That would be fun though. I hope I uh, am in this, the room with you when we <laughs> finally meet Bill Murray and we're, we're spending, things are building. And I go, Hey, before you go any further, do you know this, this mope never saw Caddyshack? And I'll, Bill and I will say, bye, Jim. <laughs> I saw Steve Zuzu three times. <laughs> He'll still leave. <laughs> Try to Is that make a movie he was in? Yeah, that, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu or whatever. I haven't seen that either. I'm, I'm lying. Oh, that's Bill Murray. I was going back to Rodney. <laughs> oh, you said when we finally meet Bill Murray. No, right, right. I know. Sorry, I lost track. All good. Oh, so, so early, Jim. I get it. So what does school starting mean for you? Like, they're, they're going in? You got to... You got to oh, walk them across the street. Is it all day, every day? They're going in and they're, they have to cover themselves. <laughs> they're yelling timber through a mask. <laughs> cover me, <laughs> cover yourself. <laughs> You're, um, that's good. Cause you do live. I don't, uh, you, you live across the street from the kid's school. We live directly across the street from the kid's school. So literally so, instead of walking them to school, they could just go, dad, cover me. And you just watch <laughs> through the window and be like, I got your six. Right. Sure they get there. Back up a little bit. <laughs> Slow your pace. Um, yeah, there, it's, uh, what did you ask me? Where do I have a feel about it? No, just, but I didn't know if they were in every day, all day. I didn't know if, uh, you know, some schools are going to a hybrid model. Oh, they're going all day. Um, and then Wednesdays to get out early, like a 1245 dismissal. Okay. So they can use those paper towels the kids brought in. <laughs> so the kids can spread it through the neighborhood more effectively. Go ahead and give them a little extra time outside. Just power wash the school. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of hydro tanks and just a, <laughs> and we'll be right across the street. So we'll be able to watch the deep cleaning. Uh, breathe that in every day. I love when they say we're going to deep clean it. We just been mailing it in the last few years. <laughs> we kind of just give it a little, little wipe, a little wipe down, little, <laughs> We're gonna put we're gonna put our elbows into it. The like deep clean. As you can see, up until the virus, we put in very little effort beyond the surface. But now, 
Now we care. I mean, what is that? They have like a team of, you know, five people that that's what I've seen. Cause I, cause again, we live right there. I see the cleaning crew in there. So I don't know if they're going to, how they're going to deep clean. They're going to huddle up. All right, let's go. Let's really do it. Get in the corners. At the end of the day, when your kids are like, dad, I brushed my teeth. Are you like, how deep? <laughs> They're like shallow. You're like, get back up there. I just put my feet in. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the deep clean should help. Some schools have already had issues. So, that, you know, it just seems inevitable. You know, again, it, and, and I'm, we're making light of it like in a way, but it, it's an important topic. I have a buddy who I was talking to the other day and he was like, man, where are my kids at school? They've got such a great plan. They've got these COVID dorms. I was like, that doesn't seem like a great plan to me, <laughs> but I understand it. You know, like, I, like it, they're so. Uh, well, colleges are really having a tough time. And, and of course, you know, you're young, you're invincible and spitting each other's mouths. Partying. Yeah, they want to hang out. I get it. I get it. Could you imagine college parties if they were held to sanitation standards? Imagine how different your college experience would be. Like before you lift him up to take that beer bong upside down, we're going to need to sterilize <laughs> the, the tapper real quick. <laughs> we got to spray down the, oh, 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 hold on that keg stand. Hang on, back up, put her down, put her down, feet first. We got to clean this off. Exactly. Before we bong these. Someone take a lighter to the end of that beer. Uh, yeah. I love how you, you call it funneling like, a beer or bong. We used to call it bong and a beer. It's beer bong. Beer. I love how you say it like beer I, bong. Like it's such a distant memory for me. Like I've never been in that situation <laughs> as a grown adult where I'm like, sure, I'll try a beer bong again. That's another word I can't say well. Beer. I say beer. Bear. Beer. I, I almost don't. It's no different to me than like bears, Chicago bears. You guys want to get some beers? Beers. Yeah. You got to really, I had to concentrate to get into that. But the beer bong. That was good. Which I actually was not that bad at. It was, uh, I just can remember that feeling afterwards. Yeah. Like, this is okay. No, it isn't. No. You had to find, okay. <laughs> there was a learning curve to it. It wasn't like the, the most natural thing, but it only took like one or two, right? I think so. But also, like, your stomach is catching up. Because normally, like, you've got oh, this, yeah. like, internal clock being like, all right, you're a little, little more full now. You know? All right, we're getting closer. <laughs> this is all of a sudden, you're just like, we're fine. And then all of a sudden, your stomach's like, hang on a second. What is the progression to the beer bong? Is that, what do you chug as a kid? Because it's not that easy to chug, like, a, a Coke or anything right. carbonated. But you get to that age, and you're like, I need that beer in me right now now yeah. i want to be that's what shots are right yeah basically like you don't do not shots that much i mean my neighborhood we do shots we do <laughs> i mean in public if there's a big event oh yeah there's all the time to celebrate to it's like the same it's just our, the, the response right oh yeah all Someone got married? Oh, we got to have a shot. Who died? Oh, we got a shot. This is his favorite drink. That's a very Irish thing. Do other cultures do that? Do other cultures? Like, like I've gotten pretty banged up at a funeral before. 
Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm not even talking about like the after party. Do other cultures? cultures? About- <laughs> I think um, it probably is just consistent with if it's part of it, it's part of those moments for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like I've Jewish people like- don't drink that much, but at funerals they get banged up. <laughs> I've been to Polish funerals where everyone does like a shot of vodka. So yeah, I guess it would be. Uh, oh yeah. More cons- Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, that makes sense. I when I was working at Traffic Court, we handled all the DUI offenders, mm-hmm. and we had uh, we had the intake people, and we had English speaking, Spanish speaking, and Polish speaking interpreters to. So the people who got DUIs came in, they, those were the three languages you had to have on board. <laughs> the big three. Of, uh... <laughs> and they, was it like your school where they had the MC line separate? Everything was alphabetical and they had the MC line separate. I would read these reports. I, I was like, things were slow, you know, I just pull mm-hmm. some reports and read them. And just like, unbelievable how honest these people were. Like they get a DUI, you'd be like, "Yeah, I had a few beers in my buddy's place. I don't know, I, I blew a whatever I, breathalyzer <laughs> was broken. It's all bull." Like you would never probably be completely honest. They would be like, "You know, I drank three liters of vodka. Uh, then I left work, went to the bar, had <laughs> just just like the, yeah." The rap sheet was. And that's why I was reading it because I was like in college and I'm like, oh, look at this dude. <laughs> My perspective was I was looking for enjoyment or entertainment. Most people would be like appalled. Sure. Like, not, not college age beer bonging Pat McGann. <laughs> <laughs> we were out there bonging bears like nobody's business. With Xerox in them, bringing them to school <laughs> and being like, you know what we're doing tonight? <laughs> we're completing the challenge. We're going out. Oh, you know what I was going to tell you about this show I saw the other day, which is a story that I found pretty fascinating. I need to do this more, just get lost in a show. Yeah. Because as everyone knows, I have show struggles. Yeah. I don't know what to watch. or. But I caught this Tom Brady uh, E60. Now, I had heard his jersey got stolen after the Super Bowl. Right. Remember that? I do remember that. What I I don't remember is big deal but i don't go ahead no 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 i remember it was a big deal and then i remember the story kind of getting weird but i don't like i don't remember the specifics of the story getting weird same i remember that it was stolen that's basically all i remember because it was like immediate Mm -hmm. the night of and um the what came out when he said this was that his Jersey after the Super Bowl just a few years before was also stolen. Wow. And uh, so it was like 49 and 51 or 50, maybe 51. So anyway, they go into this story. And what happened was this guy had credentials, press credentials, and just didn't, did not have locker room access, but just kind of followed the crowd into the locker room and um, they, you know, took his Jersey. So they did this whole investigation. They had cameras right. everywhere, obviously. And they find this guy on camera that just seems a little out of place and 
he in fact at one time looks at the camera they the, like the money shot like they got it frozen and then they um they matched up the ids for the that were given press credentials that were given to because they saw that he had the uh the lanyard and mm-hmm. so out of like 850 900 people they find this dude and turns out this guy was like ran this newspaper in mexico city la prensa la prensa or something he was like the chief editor of this newspaper like a real legit newspaper real legit newspaper and he had been going to the super bowl and major sporting events mostly american football is what he loved he loved the nfl and he would um just kind of stake out the whole operation and he kind of knew how everything worked and just dress the part and act like you belong, all that nonsense. And he snatched Brady's Jersey. That's insane. Well, what he had also done is like showed, shared it to another collector. They go into these sports memorabilia collectors at world. Yeah. Which is crazy. Right. I mean, and the serial killers of that world are the ones that like the game worn jerseys. Like they're the most, (laughs) they're the, most borderline mm-hmm. <laughs> like the creepiest like oh he wore that especially like Wait. the illegal game worn jersey that like yeah. he wore it a super bowl and yeah this is this is a big piece yes which is just kind of odd right yeah a little still smell like him <laughs> there's some sweat in there ring it out <laughs> ring it out into this cup yeah they have um and they authenticate them in the most specific ways they'll take still shots from games that they were supposedly played in they'll match up grass stains and the dirt stains i mean it's really kind of like i don't know it's interesting to me but it's kind of hilarious also and weird it's it's a whole bunch of things so they um tracked this guy down and the feds had to work with you know became literally an international incident because he got back to Mexico with, with the goods, with the jersey. He also had Von Miller's helmet from the Super Bowl that he won. Right. That really? he was MVP in. He had the helmet. This dude. So they find, they track this guy down and he's been doing this for years. And he's just a big collector. But he has all these pictures from, you know. Super Bowls in the 80s, 90s, like walking up to Joe Montana and walking to like just, and the, the pictures at first are really awkward because like before selfies. So you had to have like someone, right? <laughs> like I'm going to walk up, get, get one with me in Montana. And he's just like, he's like Waldo in all these shots. They show like the end of the Super Bowl and all the ticker tape. Yeah, this creep had like bags of the ticker tape that would oh fall down into the stadium. And he would... Must have been sweeping it up on the turf and bringing it home. Insane. They're big plastic bags. Like, what, do you sleep on those or something? (laughs) So anyway, the jersey was uh, retrieved in less than a couple months. Um, And this guy, they didn't really face any legal charges, but he was exposed to be, I mean, it was like, you know, guy lost his whole reputation. He had to be like the main editor, big editor at the New York times was going over to soccer games and stealing Messi's Jersey and bringing it home and (laughs) 
sending pictures of it to creeps online in his basement. Oh, that's so weird. So wait, had he stolen the other Brady jersey as well? Two Super Bowls earlier? He, they didn't. I don't think they covered that. Okay. That's what I was wondering too. I was like, where's that other jersey? Yeah. Maybe he had, I assume it had to have been him. And then they sold it. Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. Because I'm that one wasn't reported stolen. So this one was flagged. So it was going to be hard to sell. Right. So that one may, he may have been able to sell that. I don't know if they uh, covered that. Maybe there's a part two. It's going to be a sequel yeah. with a documentary. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, Get Ken Burns on it. We can turn this thing into 22 hours. <laughs> it's funny though. They got Tom Brady to sit down for the interviews. They had all like everybody involved. How they was said this uh, has been going on for years? Like back in the day, team managers, you know, they got a guy like, um, Steve Largent, I think it was, was saying like, yeah, when we were at the Seahawks, we had a manager that would take our stuff kind of and would just disappear and sell it. It's a whole industry. I I think sometimes the players are involved too. Like uh, one time, I uh, I don't know if you recall, I had Bears season tickets for a year from an old job of mine. And like, oh yeah, which year was this? Let's not talk about that. I, uh, (laughs) they weren't great, but. Dude, having the NFL season tickets is great no matter what. But they were, a, they were a player's season tickets that my company bought from a friend of the player. Oh, really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Type of, so, I mean, there's a lot of ancillary revenue streams that these people have going on. Wow, that's great. I love the hustle. It was weird, man. I, like, yeah, it was just a very straight. It was cool. It was fun. But, it, you know, you don't ask a lot of questions. You're not like, why are we three rooms yeah, right? behind the... So yeah, were they great seats? Where were the seats at? Uh, end zone, third, fourth row. Really? Mm-hmm. And how old are you? Twenties, uh, maybe late twenties. That's 30s, a blast. Yeah, awful year. It's a blast at first because we had eight tickets. Uh, I don't know if I said Damn. That, eight tickets, and um, I had to take customers to every game. So when you know it's a two and thirteen Bears team in negative twenty degree weather facing you know a four and 11 team trying to and you got to be on people. with your friends or with your uh clients and, and trying to convince them it's worth going is you know sure. i mean and and you're like look i don't want to do this either but did you tailgate we uh no we never did tailgate we uh we had like a standing reservation at a uh at a restaurant nearby for oh there yeah, yeah. We got those from one of the cooks. Which restaurant? We paid with a cooks off there to get his family table. <laughs> the whole thing was a really sweet. We effort. had a standing reservation at a restaurant nearby. It was two miles away. <laughs> and we, then we had to walk to. If anyone listening has ever not been to a Bears game, it's uh, it's in a kind of a remote part of town, and it sure is pain in the ass to get to. No matter what, I mean, walk to, park to, take public transportation to, drive to. I'm getting people rickshaws back to their car. I swear <laughs> to God. Oh, I remember those things. Like a guy on a bike, you know, with a big wheel behind him, just pulling you along, just like towing you in a cart. Just want a helicopter whenever I go to a Bears game. Just drop me in here, <laughs> pull me out. Could someone just, wouldn't it be great to just be pulled out of something like that? So a ladder just drops down. That's the part, man. It's the extraction that's the most difficult. <laughs> because now everyone's leaving at the same time. Right. Like at least getting there, you know, it's 50,000 people, but they're, they're a little staggered. There's like an hour range where they get there, right? Leaving, we all go right. once. 
just to always be pe- picked up in a hel- in a helicopter would be because <laughs> you're always like if I gotta go I gotta go but if a ladder dropped down yeah. like middle of the conversation <laughs> like right now if you opened your sunroof and a rope ladder came through that sunroof and you just climbed out this would be the like, best dude, episode ever literally they're here they're right out you what'd you the- say they're right out front they're right up top <laughs> you can hear them look at my hair you can tell they're you know how you can't uh, hear me anymore that means my ride's here <laughs> i've always wanted a helicopter over an airplane is that weird no it's not weird but i have i've never been in a hel- helicopter and i'm not dying to get one, get in one i haven't been in one either but um i think uh, what people always say is um i love this it's like you know people always talk about like the price of boats and shit like that uh buying a helicopter isn't bad it's the blades that'll get you <laughs> so is that what they say? Yeah. Some, oh, you have to buy them separately? I think you have to replace them every year. Oh, really? Like, I think you have to replace them very often. And uh, yeah, I think the blade may, which I get, like, you're not. That would be on the that. enemy. Because I like an oil stuff like. Yeah, well, it's not like the check blades come, light comes on and you're like, I can get a couple thousand more miles out of this. I'll wait till it starts running rough. Do they start to. It drag like make sounds like when your wipers get worn down you're like (laughs) 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 what's going on with your helicopter dude i gotta change the blades i'm gonna i tried some wd-40 but didn't work so i'll make an appointment soon i have them here in the chopper i don't know how to put them on i gotta get somebody to put them in for me Uh, yeah the um bill burr's got a helicopter i think or he's a in the helicopters he, yeah. he likes to think he took lessons and I don't know if I would get into that. Would you trust Bill Burr flying you around? If you got to hang out with Bill Burr for a day, but he had to fly you around in a helicopter, would you do it? Um, I would, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I mean, very excited to meet the man and spend some time with him, but I don't know if I, if he called you today and said, Hey, <laughs> I'm in town, come meet me at the, Chicago heliport. I don't know if that's a real place. Uh, I'm going to take you up. We're going to hang out for the day. Yes or no? I would check the weather. <laughs> okay, fair. Clear day. Clear day. <laughs> You've got nothing going on. Family's like, yeah, we're fine with it, Dad. Good luck. Um, yeah, I guess. I would probably like call a couple people I know and be like, is this normal? Does he do this? <laughs> it's fair. Asking for the certification and when the last time he replaced his blades was like, dude, I know Chicago, but I know, I know more like of like the ground part of it. If you want to, when you come back down, that's definitely hang. I'll take you over to Zanies. We'll go to, yeah. Too many people know who he is there. It's not going to work. Helicopter or nothing. <laughs> Maybe half hour. <laughs> Give me a tour. I want to see. I don't think the length of time bothers me. Because it's the up and the down that are the issues. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think of the traffic traffic reporters, and they do it all day long. I don't like heights, but I think I'm, uh, like I'm more bothered by driving on a mountain than I would be by being in a helicopter. I don't like driving yeah. on, on edges of – I don't like and being able to look down. Because <laughs> I will I look down the entire time. on that mountain. <laughs> Did I already tell that? Sorry. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but like the hill, it's like a – Yes, I get it, but like, yeah, I don't like it. I don't dig it either. Driving through, I remember driving through uh, Tahoe 
um, I was, yeah, those roads are, but people do it. All day. You gotta go. I'd be happy to be sitting in the passenger seat with my eyes closed. No problem at all. It's that if I can see down there, I'm going to look down there. Yeah. And that's California. It's crazy how their highways are so hilly. I believe that. I mean, it's not at all what we are used to. Yeah. So when you're out there, you got to really concentrate. And then when you're concentrating, you re- remember that how uh, earthquakes happen there. <laughs> Which is so you're like, okay, I'm going to maneuver. <laughs> how long is this bridge I'm about to get on? And the earth could collapse from underneath me. All right. Just call me. I just, do they talk about that when they show homes in San Francisco? Like this one's 2.8 million. Keep in mind though, could fall into a sinkhole at any any moment. I don't know if they do. That's what freaks me out about California. Yeah. But you never know. That's a good point though, man. Paying that much to live for a place that could get enveloped at any moment. (laughs) Where'd my home go? This is eight hundred square feet, three point seven million is what they're looking for. And you can't put anything on the walls because might get a little shaky around here and it'll fall off and kill everyone in the house. You could put a mirror up here if it's Nerf. Do you have a Nerf mirror? <laughs> Nerf. We recommend Nerf frames for your artwork. Everything on the wall is Nerf. Good way to go, Nerf. They, they made their way into the vernacular of, I think that was just like an ex-football player, just a couple dudes that... I think I read about the guy that was involved in it. Who made Nerf? He was a kicker in the NFL, I think. And really? he came up with this when um, foam came out and you could shape foam or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it took off like within a year's time, two years time. Like they tested it a couple times. I had never known that about Nerf. I had no idea either. That was like the go-to birthday present. Like my kids now, they'll give, they have like their go-tos, right? Yeah. The Nerf football was always one of mine. I got called on it at one point. My buddy was Bobby Rafferty. He was like, dude, you always give a Nerf football. <laughs> you always Nerf give a Nerf football just... or Red's gift certificates. I'm like, all right, you got me. Gift certificates to this hot dog joint in our neighborhood growing up. Nice. Red, Red's. That's, that Nerf was my go-to. Football was amazing. I mean, that was like, it was my favorite thing until the dog got a hold of it. So you didn't grow up with dogs. You might be aware of this now. But like dogs will just tear the shit out of a Nerf football. Oh, right, right. Oh, I can remember running into them around the neighborhood. Most of them had bites out of them. <laughs> or just, yeah, you'd go to play. And then you'd be like, oh, let me go get the first football. And you come back and like, bad news, guys. <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna be able to. Right. You would never believe the homework line, but Nerf football. All the time. <laughs> and then they started making, do you remember when they made like the aerodynamic Nerf footballs that had like the grooves in them? Oh, yeah. You're like, we could turbo this with the dog for a little while. Yeah, those were the Nerf turbos, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got to let my beagle at it for a little while. We could have had those grooves on our own. We had to pay more. I love those. And then they're like, let's make it a little easier. We're going to put a tail on it, an aerodynamic. They put like the. Yeah. Remember that like a plastic dart end at the back of it. <laughs> now they make guns. Now, yeah. like if I told my kids, you know, they got their start with like, if you were touring the Nerf museum, you would think the football wing would be the biggest or the, 
Nerf factory? Nope. They'll be like, this is where we make the, uh, have you seen the gun that's nine feet long? Like my gun, my kids have guns that are taller than them. Oh shit. Honestly, they mm-hmm. can't even like carry it. They have like a Gatling. Oh yeah. They have one that just rotates. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Nerf has blown up. It's It'd be like finding out the Glock company started by making golf balls. <laughs> like, ah, we just went to guns after. Right. Started sporting events, but people like guns in this country. What are you going to do? You know? <laughs> oh man. Nerf is, uh, we know who Nerf's voting for. They're in the football and guns. <laughs> That's an American company right there. I damn right it is. Well, we started with football and then, uh, you know, naturally progressive guns. Nerf. Where is Nerf out of? I don't know. I think Hasbro owns Nerf at this point. Oh, they do? But I don't know when or how um, it... Uh, when or how it all began. A guy named Rain Goyer, who's an American inventor, uh, was 85 years old now and is credited with inventing Nerf. But oh, okay. 89 is when they made their first Nerf gun. You're right, though, man. I wouldn't even know. Can you still get a Nerf football? Do they still make them? Yeah, I think they do. Okay. Such a great name, too. Word. Nerf. Nerfed. That's yeah. a word we both say the same way. Unlike... Beer and grocery. Beer. Grocery. What's wrong with grocery? He, this dude invented Twister in 1967 and the Nerf ball in 1969. Wow. And then what? Uh, and then he was inducted into the Hasbro Toy and Game Inventors Hall of Fame in 1986. I want to hear about all the shit that he invented that didn't make it. <laughs> right? Like the but lead then- basketball. No, didn't work. We tried. I bet he had some other great ideas, but the, the, to have two that took off like that. I mean, Twister, Twister, by the way, I hate Twister. Yeah. Never liked that game. No. But they marketed it well. Oh, yeah. And the commercials are great, but have you ever played? It's awful. It sucks. It's awful. Especially when you're a kid. It's like, you want to be intertwined with your family? Right. <laughs> hey, this is weird. fun. We spin Dad's a dial. My face. <laughs> Come on, let's spin a dial and pretzel your cousin. Let's go. Why would you ever? Have you, have you ever seen someone play Twister or a group play Twister for more than five minutes? No, but I thought that like college was just naked Twister all the time. <laughs> and somehow I still didn't go to college. What's wrong with me? You'd bong a beer and be like, all right, who's up? Do we play Twister now? Naked? All I remember about Twister was hating it and then being like someone's got to spin it because if you're all you're all like in position and then you had to have someone spin the next one right yeah to see where to go next that game is stupid (laughs) isn't it but uh, that guy probably made a ton of money off of it oh yeah this dude i mean he's in the inventor he's in the hasbro toy inventors hall of fame they don't just hand that to anybody pat i don't know where i got that ex-football player because i thought someone just died and i read that in his uh obit that he was involved with the football i mean it could have been this was just the first ball like the first nerf ball um what year did it come out you said 67 okay kicker fred cox the minnesota vikings all-time leading scorer and the inventor of the nerf football died at 80 just recently right uh november 21st 2019 so yes 
back in the old days? Four months before the world. <laughs> Is that weird now that like, I don't think about how long ago it was from now. I'm like, oh, that was, that was four oh, yeah. months before all this shit started. So it was somewhere oh, between yeah. four months and 20 years ago. That's all I know. Right. Before the, before, yeah, it really is like that. That's how you see everything now. I haven't had that feeling probably since September 11th. Like I remember I, uh, looking back and I knew some people that died right before 2001. And you really would have that thought like, God, they don't know what the, they didn't see this. They didn't live this. Yeah. Kind of shift in the world. More or less gradual shift has been the cell phone edition. Which my daughter pointed out to me the other day because we were looking for a movie, and um, I was like, "What about this?" And she's like, "Was it? Is it from before everyone had phones?" <laughs> and it really is like that's old timey know, to her. Definitely that, but also like it shoots the holes in so many stories, right? Yeah, like so many problems of movies that we saw could have been solved if they just had a phone, right? How do we get there? Go to Google Maps. <laughs> type in the name, something close to it. It's going to come right. Out. Every movie is so, there. People are figuratively or literally lost on a journey. Right. And you can't even be literally lost anymore. <laughs> Have you watched anything? I started a movie last night and I, and I hate to say, cause I only got halfway through and not cause it, it was an awesome. I just started watching black Panther last night. It was awesome. It was just oh, too nice. Late. You know what I mean? It was just too late. Yeah. To yeah. Shit. Um, really great. Um, obviously after, Dude, that was so sad about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, man. I mean, we, um, yeah, it's it's really a sad time. And, uh, you know, a, a dude who just played a ton of heroes for for kids to look up to and, and you know, particularly African-American kids, but I think everyone, you know, seeing different heroes. And it wasn't just the Black Panther. That's the, I mean, Jackie Robinson, you know, he played so right. many pivotal roles and, and, and to do all that while quietly suffering. Is I saw that movie. He was great in that. He was yeah. such a good actor, man. And yeah. he, I had no idea this guy was sick. And he's so young. No one I did. saw that news. I was like, what? I, I like, thought maybe, I thought something tragic happened because I didn't know that he was sick. Yeah. I mean, it is something tragic did happen, but uh, like something Sudden. accidental. Or, he was making these movies while he was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Jeez. and just, just keeping it to themselves. And so, you know, uh, big loss there. And obviously condolences go out to their families and all. Um, For sure, man. Brutal. Way too young. Absolutely. And then reading about him, you know, the what people were saying about him as people that have worked with him and charitable work that he did. And, you know, just hearing uh, some of his speeches and looking back at things that he said. Yeah, yeah, it's just a loss. Um, I will be finishing that as soon as I get a chance to watch some TV. But then outside of that, Pat, we started talking about this a little bit last week. Um, we had a listener send us her binge list. Our listener, Terry, who's uh, done some awesome things for us, claims that this is like everyone's favorite binge list. She sends it to people. Really? Um, they love it. Right. It's like a it's pivotal list. She did go through and take out what she considers chick shows to make our life a little bit easier. And, uh, oh, come on, Terry. I know. I'd like to see I'm the other version at some point. I watch Chick Show every now and then. And then she admitted uh, that her list might not be the most family-friendly, so she sent me a family-friendly list to share with you as well. Um, but that's... Separate. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. So she broke it down into dramas and comedies. And I want to see what of these you've seen. And we don't have to go through everything one by one, but there's some big ones here, the recommendations particularly. Um, Is this from... 
anything that's streaming right now or is it all time? I feel like it's, mo- it looks like it's mostly in the last, you know, 20 years. Um, but these are binge worthy shows that, you know, highest recommendations. Okay. Um, Love it. Start with Is the dramas. No, not even close. Uh, let's start with the dramas. And I have never watched this one, but I've heard great things. Rescue Me. Have you seen Rescue Me? I have not. No? That's one of the highly recommended ones. Mad Men you've seen. Wait, who's in Rescue Me? Dennis Leary. Okay. He's a, uh, it's an FS yes. show about, a, he's a firefighter. That's a dude yeah. who, sneaky big career, Dennis Leary. Great career. Unreal. Um, I and think not, he's a good actor. Yeah. I also have heard that he steals material for stand-up, and I don't like that about him. I mean, his whole act was, you know, people kind of call him like a Bill Hicks ripoff. Yeah. Um, but he's done That turned me off to Dennis Leary, but um, certainly has a undeniable uh, presence. Like, he's just him, you know? Mm-hmm. I liked... Um, I wouldn't know how to buy a car if it weren't for him. How to buy a truck if it weren't for Dennis Leary. <laughs> I wouldn't know what's important to me about a great if he didn't remind me every Sunday during football season. I just remember that song, Asshole. Yeah. And uh, my buddy in high school used to always sing that. <laughs> oh, God. That was the only thing my old roommate would play that wasn't Dave Matthews, was that song <laughs> over and over again. Oh, really? <laughs> Finally got a little break from King of the Castle. And then it's... I drive really slow in the ultra fast lane. Well, people behind me are going insane. I'm an asshole. He's an asshole. <laughs> I steal material that other people write and then put all my money out of sight. I'm an asshole. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've heard great things. It's, it's certainly something that's, uh, that's worth catching up on. I've heard uh, nothing but, you know, that was one of the first shows that like kind of put some of these small channels on the map you know for like good binge worthy tv yeah i don't i can't think of an F, fx show i watch off the top of my head but they they have great programming right original stuff was the commission on there no but the follow-up was i love the commission I never watched was it the shield maybe oh the shield yeah, yeah. That, that's what i'm thinking of i think that was on there and i believe is it on this list i don't see it on this list um this is a long list so we're not going to be able to get through okay a lot of it today um Mad Men, yeah, so I'm Mad Men. Okay, I have not yet. I need to get there. 24, did you watch 24? You a Kiefer guy? No, I did watch some of 24, and I remember really enjoying it. Um, and then it kind of like fell off. Did it jump the show for you? I don't know what it was. I think it was like Sunday night show, and I was in a basketball league, and we just started not watching it. And it was like, we didn't have DVRs. Yeah, I can remember that time. It was like when the Alias was on, right? Jennifer Gardner was, they had like a, a, a big block, like Alias and uh, 24. They would they would promote the shit out of that, those yeah, ads. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I should look back at that. Like when that dude has a shitty day, like it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Because every, every season was one day, right? Every season was one day, yeah. That's, you never like. Which was cool how they did that. Did you like make coffee ever? <laughs> no, it was all action. All right. I remember they they showed something on that show that I was like, whoa, they could do that. And it was um, like, say you're typing an email mm-hmm. and like, I'm going to say this. Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, nah. And they delete that and then say something different. Ah. They would go back and show you what. And they did that. Uh, okay. They cracked that. It was like, check the keyboard memory. 
I was like, what? Keyboard memory? 24? How is all this happening in one day? <laughs> it's all one day. Then why is the season nine months long? Uh, do, I wonder, there's got to be people who do that, right? Like they'll watch a season in a day. Yeah. There's got to sure. be. But it's funny to think also that, um, you know, in storytelling, we're always told, like, keep it tight. Like, yeah. come on, is this story ever going to end? Long story. But that they can, the detail in it was, uh, was good. It was suspenseful. A lot of cliffhangers on Neil 24. I believe that. Cl- cliffhanging on, out to a commercial. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't want to lose you. Yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Maybe we'll do this. We'll go through five dramas today. We'll kind of, we'll start this list. How's that sound? I like it. That was three. I'll keep it. Does Rescue Me start with that song? Rescue Me. I don't know. That's all I think of when I hear Rescue Me. Why am I jotting these down? You can send this to me. I sure can. But we did Rescue Me. Mad Men, we didn't really talk about, but that's two. You saw it, right? Dude, I highly recommend Mad Men. I know, man. You should get into that, dude. And I know I would like it. That's the thing. It's everything I like. I am a huge John Hamm fan. I like. Yeah, John Hamm is in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. I thought he just liked it. He was in the show. He is in the show. I will check it out. I think that's probably one of the next things on uh, on my binge list when it comes to dramas. I should write that down. Uh, this one, I think you've seen as well. I got to be honest. I binged this, and I think it hurt my enjoyment of it. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, I've seen. Did you love it? You know what? I, I do really like that show. Um, my issue with Breaking Bad was always like, okay, enough. Yeah. Like, this guy, he's caught. He's done. Like, there's so much almost cartoon stuff. Like when you're yeah. watching a movie and you're like, just shoot him. It's right. just kill him. <laughs> it's over. It's right there. Shoot him. And I've got like, I don't know. I had a problem with the fact that I, um, when I binged that show, it kind of took away some of the suspense and some of the drama of it when it was right there in front of me all of the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, sure. I, I watched it post hype. It was already built up to be the greatest show ever. And it was really, really good. But like with never having to, wait it was probably also the first show i really binged like that i yeah. didn't i didn't invest in it enough so i should probably go back and watch like sopranos binging it did nothing but help it with breaking bad like a lot of those little cliffhangers between episodes were lost on me yeah it was um i loved it i think that i had a similar reaction to everyone telling me how great it was and i feel like i've already seen some great shows i have my own idea of like the best show ever Mm-hmm. Sopranos is probably it. So whenever I think of Breaking Bad, I think of everyone saying it's the best show ever, and then it makes me see like, yeah, it was good, really good. Yeah, which you know, which I should just say, it's great. Yeah. I really loved it, but not my favorite of all time. Great acting in it. I really like Brian Cranston. I really do. I think that dude is solid. I didn't really get into Malcolm in the Middle, um, but he was funny on it. Like he was my that show's funny, man. It. God, that's a movie. That's a show I got to find for my family now that we were, we're done with the middle. You got to find check that out too. I need the word middle in any show I watch with my family. <laughs> the fifth one on this list uh, that I want to mention just from the, the two stars, which means they're highly recommended, is Bloodline, which I don't know much about. I did watch Bloodline. How was it? At least the first two seasons. I liked it. I thought it was good. Is it a really good show? It is Netflix. I watched the first season. Sarah and I watched that together, and I think she has no recollection of it. 
Really? Which I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I'm almost certain we watched this thing together. We were talking about it. I'm like, you don't remember that? No. Oh, that's I great. Remember that? It was kind of introduced me to um, this guy that I think is a really great actor. Is um, is it Mendelssohn? Yes, I think it is. I, I'm blanking on his ben name. Right Mendelssohn. Permi Bent. And then the um, the girl who's in, um, I believe she was just in that comedy with um, Christina Applegate. She's been uh-huh. in a bunch of stuff. There's Sissy Basic. Yes, she's very good at it. And her husband in the movie, um, did he pass away in real life? Really good actor. He was, was he the American president? Oh. Um, or was he president in... Um, was that one of the Bills? Yes. Gosh, I get the two of them confused all the time. I believe he died. I, one of them did pass away, and I don't remember if it's Pullman or Paxton. Both of them, I think, died. Oh, really? Pretty sure, yeah. Paxton passed away in 2017. Oh, man. I oh, think Pullman? Pullman's still alive. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Man, he was so good at dying in something I saw. But I thought he died in real life. That's a sign of a great actor. When you really believe they're dead. <laughs> I remember walking out of Philadelphia. I'm like, whew, that was good. I'm going to miss Tom Hanks. He was, that guy was a good actor. Bloodline, I, I, I uh, would have second the bloodline. So let's go over your assignments, Jim. Mad Men. You're just handing yourself out homework. I've seen all this shit. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, no, I got to do, I got to tackle rescue me, huh? Do you feel like Mad Men first? Yes. Okay. Mad Men uh, to me is, I think one of the best, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. Really? Oh yeah. All right. Then I, I, I just am love in. the, um, you know, Mad Men has elements that I love historical references. It's a period piece that continues through. So it's like, it evolves. Sure. That's like, great. And it's funny. There's some funny stuff in there too. And Breaking Bad has some comedy in it too. Yeah. But it's obviously the overall tone is much darker. And I just felt like with Breaking Bad, I'm with you. The, the, it got really, yeah, it was like just the guys right in front of you do something about it. Or yeah. how the hell did you get out of that? You know, right. you can only suspend your disbelief for so long. And I felt like Breaking Bad really pushed the limits of that for me. Um, but again, I'd be interested in revisiting it at some point. Yeah. I don't know if that's also for me, it's a, like a little bit harder to revisit because there's just not as many characters mm-hmm. as some of the other shows. To me, it seems like there's not as much going on. Yeah. There's not like, yeah, there's not a ton of like side plots or anything. Yeah. And it makes it a little harder to ignore some of the stuff that you're just, uh, you're not quite as sure on. Yeah, but still great show. Absolutely. All right. We have any, uh, Reviews or anything? We do. We do need to wrap up, and uh, I didn't even get to talk about what I'm doing tonight. I want to tell you, I'm uh, I'm going I'm going to Top Golf. I got I, I, we'll talk about it next time. I got wrangled into it while we were podcasting about how much we hate when people push us into golf. I was literally getting DM'd by like a group who's trying to force me to go with them to golf. I was able to push it back to Top Golf so they can see how terrible I am at that, and Good then hopefully move. that'll be all. Dude, that was smart. The last time I hit a golf ball, maybe five years ago, um, we had my cousin's bachelor party at Top Golf, <laughs> and I rented like a suite, right? 
We started it. Man, when you play golf, you play golf. We rented like a suite for his bachelor party. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's looked like a box. It's like a big box with all these bays, you know, facing outward that you, you know, tee off into. I hit a ball sideways that ricocheted around the room for about 30 seconds. Are you my first shot of the day. And that was the last time I have hit a golf ball. It ricocheted around like, like people, people could have been injured. Yes. Like, it, like trays, of, trays of drinks. <sighs> like this is a bachelor party. Oh, uh, that's great. Those places are just killing it. They really heard. are. And they're popping up everywhere. I've never, still never been to one, but people talk about the top golf. They've created like a, a scoring game. And I don't really know how to explain it other than like picture, like, uh, you know, the closer you get to the pin, the more points you get. And there's pins yeah. all over those. So you don't have to hit it far as long as you're accurate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it helps a lot. Um, I don't know when ball. you said the last time I hit a golf ball, I pictured you throwing one up in the air and hitting it with an aluminum <laughs> bat. <laughs> the last time I hit a golf ball, I had uh, just beer bonged a case. And then I had to spin around on a wiffle bat. I had to go in a circle. And then you had to pick up a golf ball and hit it with a rake. Oh, God, that'd be nice. But I haven't done it since. It was, you know, my, I was the best man in a wedding, and I had planned a, <laughs> planned a, a game for my good friend. That's awesome. Oh, man. Um, I want to say a big thank you to Kellyanne, who left us a great review. Just said, great show. I have been uh, binge listening to your show at work. Thanks for making me that weirdo in the corner laughing out loud to myself. <laughs> nice, Kellyanne. Kelly Someone must yeah. have sent her a list of podcasts to binge. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get somewhere back they're into talking that about us jim I have hope you so. ever heard of all over the place no tell me These more two dipshits in chicago oh, oh i hope man. they occasionally get political at the beginning of an episode <laughs> hey if we want to bookend it with that we can i am no. not trying to <laughs> alienate everyone <laughs> i'm not trying to alienate anyone i mean i'm trying to say come on yeah enough let's be smart let's uh let's come together be a little compassionate toward each other. I just want the vaccine rollout to be. God, wouldn't it be nice for everyone to have something to do other than sit on Facebook all day? Some people hear that. They're like, I don't even care. I'm not taking a vaccine. <laughs> I've heard that too. I know. I've heard that too. And it's like, well, you know, you don't know what's going to be wrong with that. Less than what's wrong without it. Years ago. Who the hell is Jonas Salk? <laughs> you think I'm going to put something in my. I don't know Jonas. Where is he from? What kind of the last name is Salk? Oh, no, I just, uh, I'm coming from a good place. I want uh, calmness. So anyway, we appreciate everyone listening. Good to be with you again. I hope that, uh, I'm going to see you, Jim, this week at Cork and Carry. I'm going to come oh, through. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be September. Stop by and see us on Wednesday. We're going to be doing sets at Cork and Carry in the beer garden. They're going to be outdoors. Uh, I know tickets are moving quickly. you in September. I was just going to sing in the background while you were giving the facts. Go for it. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Kellyanne, again, thanks for that great review. Uh, we're always I'll be gone until September. I'll be gone. January, February, March, April, May. When oh. September ends. For my jukebox of a podcast partner, Pat McGann, I'm Jim Flanagan. We'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Jim, have a great day, bud. You too, man. Take care. Bye.